Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Supertop Podcast. I'm Podrig, recording from Vancouver. And I'm Oshin, recording from Catania in Sicily. <laughs> Very nice. You just went there after your vacation to Malta? Yeah, it was nearby, so I figured I'd come uh, work from here for a while, so... Been good so far. Did you swim over, or like, how far is it between Malta and Sicily? It's pretty close. And actually, when I was in Malta, we went kayaking, and the kayak instructor was saying that he was going to like go on a trip, like just kayak over. I think it's like eighty kilometers or something. We didn't do that much that day, but <laughs> I flew. But I spent more time like sitting on the tarmac waiting to take off than the actual flight took. And you get up in the air, and then like a couple of minutes later, it's like we get ready for our descent into Catania Airport. <laughs> so we should do some follow-up on the last episode where we talked about the future of Unread and tokens and Top Hat. We got a bit of feedback about that and most of it was pretty good, but some people were wondering why we'd cast those things into doubt before we have the answers. What do you think about that, Ashin? I mean, I think it comes down to like, why do we even have this podcast in the first place? Um, or like, what are the realities of being indie developers in the first place? And I mean, those two converge. I mean, like we, the reason we have this podcast is because we want to talk about the things that are the realities of life and decisions and, and difficulties for indie developers. Um, and I think a lot of people who listened to the last episode appreciated that, but maybe that's like more from like a developer point of view that like they're interested in hearing that kind of stuff. But people who are just interested in our products or who are worried about the future of some of the things that we talked about that we weren't sure what we were going to do with, um, they come at it from a different angle, I guess. But I think like... In being work as indie developers is like it's never easy i mean there's like we're always facing these decisions and like these difficulties and especially we're only two people and like we have a bunch of products um and so sometimes some of them don't get as much attention as the other ones for a while um and i guess we just we we recorded that episode because we wanted to be open and honest about that stuff and, and put that stuff out there we don't want to just put like a glossy finish on everything we do and present ourselves as like this like amazing duo who would like just have like everything under control. Things are difficult and I like being open about that stuff. I think we've always tried to do right by our customers. So part of what I want to get out of that is to be able to be frank and honest with people because we do the, if we're doing the right thing, then you should have a bit of faith that we're just because we're not sure what the next step is doesn't mean that you should automatically assume the worst. I think there's one area where we may have could have caused like maybe a little bit more concern or not being as clear maybe as we were in our heads at the time because we did allude to the idea that like we probably would shut down Top Hat altogether uh, because it had so few customers and how tokens as well had quite possibly reached the end of its life. And then we followed from that into Unread and into like uncertainty about Unread, uh, but not really about like like what would we do if we weren't able to put as much attention into it as we wanted, um, which may have led to some people thinking that, oh, like what we would do is just shut down on Red as well and just like be done with it and that's the end of it. Um, whereas, I mean, I think if we did decide eventually that we're not the people to take on Red further or to like keep working on it, that, like, I, mean, I think we would find, we would we would try to find somebody else who could do that. Yeah, and somebody who we thought would do a good job of it too. Yeah, totally. But yeah, that's about covers the follow-up. Yeah, I guess essentially the summary, I guess for me, would be that it could be the end of Top Hat because I think that product like as a whole has like has quite probably reached the end of its life, if it ever had one. <laughs> but Unread, it's not that we think Unread like, should like completely finish and that like nothing should ever happen to it in the future. 
Um, it's just that we're trying to figure out what's the best way for us to make the best use of our time and like should we be focused just on podcasts or should we be focused splitting our attention between the two of those um, so I think that's like the main difference there between Top Hat and Unread at least for example yeah no that makes sense and yeah that was a few weeks ago since we recorded that and we've yeah it's been I was at WWDC we could talk about that do you think anyone cares <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody out there surely does yeah so it's been a bit of a i think we we both had vacations and then wwc happened and yeah our schedule podcast schedule of every two weeks has not been kept too very well i think we, we should be back on track now yeah we'll keep going now for sure yeah the wwc stuff the main things that stood out um from the point of view of super top and podcasting is like apple apple had a whole session on podcasting which is pretty new and they didn't used to talk about it ever and the ios 11 podcast app is pretty good Mm -hmm. so well done to whoever worked on that And yeah, they announced a bunch of new tags for podcasters to put in their RSS feeds, as well as some analytics so that you can tell what portions of an episode people have actually listened to. So you can tell if they skip the ads or if they stop listening after five minutes. Yeah, I remember before WWDC, we had heard like some inkling that there might be some kind of new tags coming along. But the analytics side of things took me completely by surprise. It was right out of the, no, Apple will never do that category of things that people wanted to happen so i was quite surprised when i when i heard that announcement yeah there's been a variety of responses to it too um in terms of people who think the world is going to end because their ads will go away when people discover how few people actually listen through and then other people who think the data apple offers won't be useful enough to make any difference to anyone i guess we'll wait and see i don't expect it i don't think they gave a date that it's going to be available so i wouldn't be surprised if it takes longer than ios 11 say for it to actually come out yeah because i remember when they announced the analytics for the app store and then i think that maybe that was before ios 10 and then ios 10 came along but like analytics was a a lot later so the same thing might happen with podcast analytics as well i remember like it was almost like they'd forgotten to do it or something because it had been so much time (laughs) (laughs) i'll be curious to see it though even like it's going to be fun to see it i think even just for our, our own podcast and just out of pure curiosity i mean not that i think it's going to make a huge difference to us or to what we do or um but I'll be curious to see it. And I think different podcasters will probably use the data in different ways. It was a couple of years ago, I was in New York at the This American Life Audio Hackathon. It was like a one day event where people like split up into teams and worked on different different uh, projects. And one thing that was proposed at the start of that day, Ira Glass in, uh, in video form um said to the attendees that like one thing that he really wanted to get for this American life was to have analytics about like where people were dropping out of episodes. Now that wasn't really something that people worked on that day, essentially because to do that, you would have to have an entire podcast player behind it. But so like people focused that day on, on smaller stuff that could get done in a day, but as opposed to like the perspective from say Ben Thompson or other people who are looking at it from an advertising point of view or from like what size the market's going to be eventually. Um, Like for Ira Glass, it was more about as a storyteller wanting to see like what parts of stories are people dropping out at um, or like getting more insight into segment by segment, like how, how the episode is performing and like learning how they can, how he could improve things like going forward to make sure that the episodes were of, of the best quality that they could be. So it wasn't just about 
people dropping out of ads, it had that other perspective on it then as well. Yeah, you could totally use it to become a better storyteller by noticing what points people get bored of you. I have this idea in my head that our podcast is well placed to be between like 20 and 35 minutes that like people will listen to us talk for that long. Mm. There aren't many tech shows that keep it kind of short. If you can li- listen to it in one in one commute, it's kind of nice. But it would be good to back that up with some data. Like if we could see, oh yeah, people listen, people actually listen to all of our episodes when they're 20 minutes, but they don't when they're 35 minutes or something. Yeah, I remember seeing some, I can't remember, I think it was from the Stitcher app or from some in some individual app that did have some of this data. Um, and I remember seeing a chart, I can't remember where it was now, but if I find it, I'll put it in the show notes, where it was like a graph of against like the percentage how far users on average get through an episode um as graphed against how long that episode was um and so obviously it kind of like usually like curves off so the longer an episode is the fewer people get to the end of it but i guess that's probably obvious enough but one interesting part of this graph that was that there was a little spike in the middle of it um, which was so that, and it was around a 25 to 35 minute mark. Yeah, it could be good for sure. I think a fire truck or something went by as you were saying that stuff. So there's a, a siren going. And it'll sound... Sen- sounds legit. Yeah, so I, I like that idea of considering the analytics from the point of view of not just like, what's this going to do for, for advertising? From the advertising angle, one thing that I've been wondering about is like, are they going to, like, what way are they going to expose this if they are going to expose it at all to advertisers or is that going to be just down to like each individual producer to like give their advertisers a summary of what things are like on their on their podcast or if they'll be able to grant advertisers access to like just the episode analytics about the episode that they sponsored or something like that i wonder if apple are going to have any um do like take care of that workflow in any kind of way or if it'll just be left to individual producers to to handle it as they wish so i mentioned in passing a few minutes ago that they that apple also added some tags for rss feeds the main thing that those are for is for podcasts that are serialized so like the podcast named serial where you're supposed to listen from episode one you're expected to listen in order to every episode Versus the typical way most newsy type podcasts work, where like the most recent episode is the more relevant one. By adding those tags to your RSS feed, you can indicate that the podcast is this type and you can set the episode numbers so that the app knows the order it's supposed to play them in. And you can even distinguish which ones are like promo episodes or bonus material. So that if the app that's using that RSS feed sees those bonus ones or trailer ones, it doesn't get confused about the sequencing um, so they're really nice things to add. Um, I wrote a blog post about how we added them to our backend tentacle server so that we could start to collect the information and have it in our database so that at least when we come around to building a UI on it, we'll have the data already. And while I was doing that, I decided to manually add those tags to the serial podcasts feed. And a bunch of interesting things kind of jumped out as I got into the detail of it. For example, during season two, there are three episodes where they provide an update on the events of season one. And it's hard to know exactly, like, should those have episode numbers in the sequencing of season two? Should they be considered bonus content? And if they're considered bonus content, should they have a season number and an episode number? Or should they just be like almost a separate season? I mean, there are lots of different reasonable answers to those questions. But when I imagine it from the point of view of an app trying to use this data, it forks off in lots of different potential ways that 
different feed owners might decide to use these new tags. So I guess I should probably file a radar about it and ask Apple to be more clear about when and where those tags would be used. Another example was there's a a way to distinguish an episode that's a trailer. Um, And if it's a trailer, the idea is that when you're about to subscribe to the podcast, you could play that trailer and it's like a one minute intro, just like a movie. The Serial podcast has a trailer for S-Town in it, which is makes sense. They have this very popular serial podcast that tons of people are subscribed to and they want to tell them about their new podcast. But if we just took that tag at its word and said, okay, that's a trailer in the episode, therefore I'm going to play that as the trailer for serial, then that's going to be really confusing for users if that's the like promotional thing we play when you choose serial. <laughs> yeah, there could be like three or four different trailers in the feed and it's going to be hard for an app to know which one is the relevant one unless podcasters standardize on some proper usage of those trailer tags. Yeah, I guess a lot of it's probably going to come down to what way exactly Apple implement this stuff in the podcast app. And then probably podcasters will start adjusting the tags based on how they want stuff to appear in the podcast app. And then maybe other apps will have to follow suit in, in one way or another. Yeah. I'm reminded of like some of the like the original tags in the in the in the spec, like around summary. I can't remember what they're called exactly, but there's one about summary and description and different stuff like that. And they were defined in the initial spec based on how they were going to be used in iTunes, like iTunes on the desktop. I wonder like are any of these new tags gonna make it into iTunes on the desktop as well, or is it gonna are they gonna like just focus much more of their attention just on their iOS podcasts app and, and forget about podcasts in iTunes? <laughs> Yeah, now it'll be that that probably is the right approach to take is to like mess around with the iOS 11 podcast app and see how how it handles the different tags and then podcasters should use the tags that way rather than any other way. One point worth noting about these new tags and about the analytics stuff is that so far Apple is continuing its like benevolent role in podcasting where it's providing these services and even those new tags, they could have made that so that podcasters set up their seasons by logging into an Apple website rather than suggesting that they put these things in their RSS tags. And if Apple had done it that way, then only Apple would have this data about the serialized podcasts and then they could do a better job with their podcast app than anyone else could. But they've chosen to put it in the RSS feed, so that's a really promising sign that they're not trying to like close off the podcast market for themselves the way some other companies are at the moment. Yeah, that's interesting on the tags, the way that it's like, I guess, like for everybody, like for every client. Um, I wonder, like regarding the analytics, would there ever, would they ever open it up to the point where there's like an API that other apps could use to like send their analytics? Yeah, because at the moment, all the analytics data is going to be from users who listen to podcasts using the iOS 11 podcast app. It's not going to be like if a user listens in Overcast or Castro, that data isn't going to go into Apple's thing um, at the moment anyway. It would be interesting if they did that, but like, could they trust us to send? Well, they could trust us, me and you, but some of those other guys, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they will. I mean, obviously it would have to be on a client by client basis as well, because yeah, they, would, they couldn't just like open it up and have anybody implement whatever they want just to make it look like their podcast is hugely popular but the like the idea of that like those analytics being based off like this percent like whatever percentage of your users listens in the ios 11 podcasts app kind of reminds me of us trying to like read stuff from itunes connect analytics about castro um because there's 
bunch of analytics data in there, but it's based on whichever subset of your users have agreed to send that data. Um, and obviously on any particular day, that percentage varies. And so it, it kind of can become harder to detect trends in that stuff um, because it's not all users and it's not like all the data it's all from a subset which is the same way that it's going to be when you're looking at this data that's just coming from the podcast app i imagine that for podcasts too it's not every person playing the podcast is going to be submitting data like if they've chosen while setting up ios to not share data with developers there's no way their podcast data is going up either right so that podcast analytics is going to be not just the portion of your users that are using the Apple Podcasts app, but it's also going to be the subgroup of those who've agreed to share data, which will, if it's the same as apps, for us, it was like 30 to 40%. Yeah, that's true. How many of our listeners do you think are listening in the iOS Podcasts app? Um, that's a good question. I have maybe like none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a good point. I was looking forward to seeing that data, but who the hell's listening to us talk about our podcast app and then using the built-in system one? But maybe with iOS 11, because the app is actually, I don't know if I should keep saying this, but the app actually seems pretty nice. So <laughs> maybe some people will try it for a while. Like we've never been featured on the iTunes store or in their app or anything like that. So there's not, I doubt we have a big following there. Yeah, no, I doubt it somehow. <laughs> but yeah, so the the core thing that's difficult about that situation where you only have data from users who opted in is that the percentage who opted in changes like daily pretty much. So when we released Castro 2.4, a bunch of people bought the app and, and reinstalled the app who had bought it before. And our percentage of people who share the data went up along with them but then it drops off again later so when you're looking at a number um of like a line of user sessions going up or down you have to mentally multiply that by whatever your percentage is but it's not even that you mentally have to do it like you actually just don't even have the data to to do it because like you're given a like you have a percentage you do get you can see like a chart in in the analytics of like what percentage of your users agreed to analytics that percentage is based on users who bought the app that day, um, whereas then your usage stats are users who use the app that day. So they don't even correlate with each other. Um, so unless you have like a completely static line of like, okay, 30% of users always agree. Um, yeah. The, just, just a huge variance like day to day in, in what you're going to see. But anyhow, yeah, podcast data is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, one other thing on Apple and podcasts is they've done all this work. They've like decided they're going to spend a lot of effort making a good iOS 11 podcast app. They've expanded this feed spec in order to handle new types of podcasts and they're having they had an entire session on it at WWDC. But does Apple make any money from podcasts now? I mean, they also host the search API um that most apps use in order to access a good category of all the podcasts that there are. So they do all this stuff for free, and it's not clear if there's any direct benefit to them. We had an episode before where we talked about like the hope that somebody was going to come along and do podcast analytics or do like a bunch of other things that were going to help podcasts moving forward. Um, 
and we talked about the blog post from Marco where he, Marco Arment, where he said like, oh, you really don't actually want Apple to do this. Like they're this benevolent force at the moment. And like, let's not wake the beast. I'm paraphrasing here and maybe misrepresenting, but <laughs> that idea at least mm-hmm. of like, let's like Apple did a bunch of work years ago and set up like a lot of the infrastructure that we use these days for podcasts and let's not get them too excited about it again because they might turn around and like start trying to profit from it in some other kind of a way but i think with the changes that they announced this year they still aren't moving in that direction but i guess the question is like will they further into the future like are they at the moment setting up this stuff uh with a future move in mind or are they just continuing like what they set up years ago to be benevolent yeah yeah but the the beast is definitely awake it just hasn't hurt anyone yet (laughs) what ways could apple try to profit from podcasting in future i mean i can only think of ways that people that like some big business could i mean either by like dynamically inserting ads or by providing a infrastructure by which people could subscribe to paid podcasts and taking a percentage off the top of that um but i don't know if i can picture apple like doing something like that but i mean those are i think the ways that they technically could right so providing a service where um me and you as podcasters give them our episodes and then they insert ads into them and we get some money for that so that's one way it could work i guess Mm -hmm. like the other thing people have some companies have tried to do is have paid content or like you have to have a subscription to get some of some episodes or maybe all the episodes so apple could enable that yeah so i mean patreon are like try to offer that kind of a service at the moment and it's based off and it's based off each individual subscriber having their own rss feed which has its own issues but um like they are an example of a third party that's like trying to facilitate podcasters who want to do that kind of thing um that's a space that apple could move into in the future i mean i guess they have a a bunch of businesses where they take their 30 percent off the top they could i guess hypothetically try to take their 30 percent off the top of paid podcasts as well but i'm not sure if that would ever like compare to even to like to like music sales in their heyday or to apple music subscriptions at the moment um i'm not sure if it would be worth it the potential revenue from that even even though apple could do the payment in the podcast app and tie it all together really nicely in their wildest dreams that would be worth 100 million (laughs) which is still like nothing for apple right Hmm. And on the dynamically inserting ads thing, I mean, I just, that's, that's, that's not Apple. I mean, or at least it's not any Apple I know that would be. Maybe the team that does ads in the App Store will get fired from that too. And then they'll have to go ruin podcasts for a while instead of just ruining App Store search. Maybe. (laughs) I mean, they could do, they could do something like in Overcast or like with their now discontinued iAd service where uh, app uh, developers used to be able to pay to advertise their apps in other apps. Um, They could do a similar thing to uh, Overcast where podcast, um, podcast providers can pay to promote their podcast in the podcasts app so maybe the point is just to remain in a good position and see where podcasting goes in case it does get huge and then they'll have these opportunities i mean maybe the point of it is not so much to move into like making money directly from it but to maintain their position as like a a quote like a media company like as a so they have music podcasts i mean i I guess like i mean they announced the home pods 
at WWDC as well. So like maybe this is part of a thing to stay relevant in that space. I mean, if they're going to, if they want to like push the HomePod later this year or next year as like the center of your media world, um, they probably want to be able to do stuff with podcasts on that as well as music and um, just kind of stay focused on like Apple is like the best place for you to consume media. Um, and so making these improvements to podcasts is going to benefit them in that way. One thing that I don't think Apple will do, but would be really cool is making a podcast studio app. That's like a recording tool on iOS or Mac OS specifically for making podcasts. And then they figure out the hosting side of it too. And that they kind of return to that Apple iLife heyday of of providing tools to help bring more normal people into digital lifestyle, <laughs> into the digital lifestyle. Like remember iPhoto and iTunes and iMovie and all those things were like great ways for people who weren't super technical to get to use computers for these things rather than having to like move files around or have really expensive video editing tools. Um, that was kind of the story of Apple in the 2000s. And it would be kind of interesting if they got back to something like that, like supporting that creation side of it rather than just someone else made it somewhere else. And now we're just going to help distribute it and profit from it. Yeah, I'd love to see another. I'd love to see a new editing tool that lies like somewhere between GarageBand and Logic, um, just because I would love to have I would love to edit in something that was like specifically designed around around podcasting and not for music like like logic is because they used to have it specifically in GarageBand, but they took it out yeah yeah that's another way apple could go but yeah i don't, I don't see billions of dollars in there either but begin i mean again like even from the software like even their iLife or all that stuff they don't try to make any money off that anymore either so if they did make a new podcast editing tool or podcast recording and hosting well maybe the hosting uh, could be part of their move into services. But the software itself, I imagine, would be another situation where Apple reduces the value of software to to zero. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So is there any other WWDC stuff that stood out to you? I mean, there's a bunch of interesting uh, new APIs and stuff for iOS 11. Um, I guess stuff that we can talk about maybe more in future episodes when we talk about features that we're working on and stuff like that. Um the one thing that jumps out to me, I guess, is the new App Store, uh, the redesigned App Store announced for iOS 11. Um, there's some interesting things there, especially around curation, um, emphasizing like new content daily instead of just updating things once a week. Um, I mean, hopefully, once it launches, um, it will help like drive. It will help keep users coming back to the App Store more regularly and looking at this curated content and discovering apps that way and hopefully be even more of a boon. Like hopefully being featured can become even uh, more of a boon than, than it has been in the last few years. Yeah, I remember back at the start of the App Store, like a year or two into it, there was some talk of Apple, Apple having this like velvet rope section where the apps that they specifically thought were good enough would be featured there. And I remember feeling really outraged that like that's so unfair on developers that Apple doesn't have some kind of cozy relationship with because, yeah, it's, it just makes it harder for new people to get anywhere. But it's really hard to do that now anyway. So I'm less... I think it, now if Apple is going to pick winners, at least they can win, maybe. <laughs> maybe it's... Is that because we have more confidence that we can be one of the ones that they would pick as being winners? <laughs> um, that might be part of it. But But also I think we got there honestly enough. I don't think we got there because, you know, your uncle is Tim Cook or something. Don't tell everybody that. Yeah, like you can get there by doing good design and stuff. 
for and going to WWC and meeting people <laughs> for if you do that for a long enough time then you can you too can get some kind of connections at Apple and have some chance of being featured but they also opened up um you can there's an official form you can fill in to request that your app be promoted so you can get into the queue that way too and get a I presume get a fair chance at somebody looking over your app and deciding whether they want to feature it so it's not like it's just like me you and Marco getting featured every day like there will be lots of people yeah and well i mean if just daily features as opposed to weekly features i mean hopefully that means i mean hopefully the idea is that it drives more traffic through the feature section because content is changing daily people come back to see what's there um if content is rotating faster more uh, developers can get the benefit of that more apps will get featured um yeah and i mean the fact of the matter is that some sort of featuring or curation um is is probably required in terms of like how else are you going to find i'm not how many apps is there now it's over a million is it over two million i don't know but it's like something ridiculous it's not like you're going to go browse categories or remember the early days when you could just go and see like recent like recently updated or recently launched apps and there'd be like a few apps coming into different categories each day and you could find stuff that way but um kind of like how with apple music when they launched apple music a few years ago and they put a big focus on the on curation there um i think that's going to be important to like keeping the app store relevant and a location that people maybe can get driven back towards browsing um rather than just going there with their intention of what they already want which i guess is another important point as well like are they going is like the search side of things uh we have um we have we we have ranted about search in the past. Um, there's some hints that maybe something might be happening there. We'll see how improved that gets. If they do all these changes and don't touch search, then it's a travesty, and they haven't taken their job seriously. <laughs> now it looks like from the web page, it looks like they are planning to do some stuff with search. And during the session, they were showing off the featured section for Monument Valley Two, and they demonstrated that if you search for Geometric Puzzler their review from their review that they wrote about it would come up in the search results. So that doesn't happen right now in beta one. So I'm hoping, I guess there's another shoe left to drop for search stuff. And at the moment it's just returning the same search results as before. So if they do change that, that'll be great because as good as it is to try and turn most of this app into a magazine that you can just like, Oh, I wonder what the new apps are and like wander around and maybe find some new stuff you weren't expecting to find. There's a big case for like, you just decide you want a new email app or you want a new podcast app and you go to search and you type podcast or email or Twitter if you want a new Twitter client. And the that, the answer to that question of like, show me the best apps in this grouping or for this, this category of app of like that I know that I want, the current experience for that is terrible. Like you're better off going to Google. If you type in podcast app or email app, iOS and Google, it'll show you six or seven icons that you can click on that'll be probably among the top apps for for those things but the app store will just show you crap in the search results mm. you had a look at the uh the promotional page for the new app store on the website there yeah so under enhanced enhanced search they're calling it which is a great name almost as good as enhanced audio uh enhanced search now everything you're looking for will be easier to find with expanded search results that include editorial stories, tips and tricks, and lists. So I guess the ho- I guess the yeah the good thing here is that hopefully they will start exposing more than just like a straight list of apps in the search results. I mean I would also like if they eventually could improve like when they do show a list of apps like 
what shows up in that list. Um, but including all this other stuff, especially the editorial content, I think will be interesting because say, for example, if somebody in the app store at some stage has decided, okay, I'm going to curate a list of email apps or I'm going to curate a list of podcast apps that can, first of all, it can get featured in the Today tab whenever they decide to publish that, but it can live on then and be exposed to search in future so that if people do do generic searches uh, for podcast apps or email apps or to-do lists or that that kind of broad category of apps that their own curated lists can show up on top of um, individual search results um, and hopefully lead to a, a better browsing experience, a better search experience that way as well. And and to more people finding Castro, I mean, that's like should really be the number one priority here. <laughs> but like joking aside, I think that could be the thing that makes or breaks an indie business like our one. Like if we were... I, I firmly believe that if we were coming up in the first five or six results for some obvious podcast searches, um, that we'd be making enough daily revenue to keep going. Like it wouldn't be enough to like, it wouldn't be more than we'd make if we just went and took jobs somewhere, but it'd be enough to pay our salaries so that we could just keep going forever. Where now we're so dependent on like the peaks and troughs of like getting featured or launching some new features. We have to keep adding stuff to it nonstop and always having some new story. If we just were established as one of the top five best podcast apps, and as long as we are truly one of those, it's that's not hurting anyone. Like that's better for everybody if the results they're showing match up with the reality. Um, yeah, I think like I think that could change the whole ecosystem. Like people could start making small businesses, making niche apps again. It's a new dawn. Yeah, and I guess <laughs> one point which I guess kind of wraps back around to the start of the episode and about like our motivations or like the realities of of being indie developers um like you talked there about how like even if like if all that stuff fell into place and like things were like things were like going really really well with castro like there's quite just still a possibility that we wouldn't be making as much money as we would if we went and took jobs at some um big corporation somewhere um but that's not really that's not the point really for us. Um we're not just in this to try to I mean clearly at this stage we're not in this to try to maximize the amount of money we can make every single month. Um there's other things that are driving us. Um there's the and I mean that's why we're that's why we're still here. That's why we're still going with Castro. Um <laughs> Yeah, Supertop is a machine for making enough money to keep Oshin and I making apps. Yeah. it's 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 not really a for-profit business it's like just the bare the minimum viable business to let us get to mess around with the ui and stuff yeah maybe we should wrap it up before i dig anywhere (laughs) (laughs) i just want to keep making transitions man ah dear (laughs) okay you can get back to fixing that fucking bug we didn't talk about oh yeah jesus bug of the week ciao